Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Amy and Grecian, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life, special needs and infant loss, to those everyday mum life struggles we all feel. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to Premier Boys James and Jack. I'm the founder of my own small business and support network, Miracle Mama, where I advocate fiercely for the infertility, Premier and special needs community. And I'm Grecian, mama of four girls, including two full-termers, Adeline and Macy, and a set of Premier twins, Hannah and Riley, born at 25 weeks. I'm an IVF warrior and am passionate about sharing the unfiltered ups and downs of motherhood. We don't share your average mama stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief, and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could even imagine, so at this point we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. It's a place to have real and raw conversations. Ask those questions that may be playing on your mind. And above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles bring to our lives. And we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Welcome back, Roarers. Hi, Amy. Hey, Grecian. We're here on a Saturday night. In our half pyjamas. <laughs> yeah. With yeah. your wine. I got my and wine. And my water. My water, because I haven't drunk any water today. Yeah. Typical mum life. Only time we can mm-hmm. fit it in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I put the kids to bed early. They didn't question it, so that was good. Mm, good on them. I know. I said don't get out of bed, otherwise I'm turning your nightlight off. <laughs> <laughs> the old bribery. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we've, um, I feel like, yeah, social life's non-existent at the moment. What's a social life? I get so jealous of seeing like all my friends out at wineries and stuff and I spent my whole day packing. Mm. Because you're moving house in how many days? Next Friday. So week will be in. It's very exciting. Yep. So for those that have been following along, we, yeah, we sold our house, had a bit of a that went to shit. Shit experience with the, with the, with with the, the guy, guy that bought our house. He said we could rent back periodically for 12 months because we didn't want to be in a rush to buy somewhere. And then after, well, straight after we signed the rental agreement, he said, you've got 60 days to leave. So that was fun. Um, that was really stressful, actually. It was not fun at all. We um, No. On top of everything else that's been going on. Yeah. But thankfully, I the universe was in my corner for once and we found perfect home. We absolutely love it. We've got an acre out. Beautiful home. Quite rural outlook. Um, and they, the 
the current owners there have agreed to do a quick settlement so that we could get in before we were homeless. <laughs> so, yeah, so very exciting. Yeah. It's lined up eventually. Yes. I'll make sure I set, share some pictures on our social media so you can all have a little look-see. But oh, yeah. From what I've seen, it looks beautiful. I'm going to come and come for a holiday. Some, yeah. <laughs> steal some space. <laughs> yeah. The land is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the house is a little bit smaller than where we are, but, you know, long-term we will make it work and we'll probably expand and do all that so yeah exciting but yes how about you Grecian what was your oh you only got your hair done today yeah I did it's lovely this is why we also this is why we need video because it's been washed properly in the first time in like six weeks (laughs) so that looks great it's not going to be like this tomorrow because it will go straight back up in the mum bun oh you could get another day out of that surely Mm, we'll see (laughs) All right, so as promised, we're going to be sharing basically what's been going on with us over the past few weeks because, as you all know by now, we've, all, mm-hmm. we've, we've had a rough time and we've, we were just saying before we started recording that we're in a bit of a funk. So hopefully over the coming few weeks we can bring a little bit more fun and lightheartedness into our episodes as we pull ourselves mm-hmm. out of our funk. Um, but this is the reality, isn't it? Like we were saying, yeah. this is, I mean... It's relatable and it's real and, yeah, we're not going to sort of put a mask on and pretend to be okay. okay. Yeah. Nope, because I need the sunshines and butterflies and teddy bears and puppies and rainbows <laughs> and all of that happy stuff to come mm, back, please. Yeah. I want a puppy. I want to get a puppy when we get to our new oh, house, speaking of puppies. Puppies. <laughs> what type of puppy? Oh, Scott's wanted a Labrador forever, but I said oh. we wouldn't get one till we had land. So yeah, yeah. Okay. well, you've got land now. Yeah, in a week. Still, so we've got our little Cooper dog who is old and not very well. Mm. So we will wait. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, like um, us. We'll wait. Yeah. But yes, that's exciting too. One day soon. Yeah. Get another child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To add to all of the stress and everything else. Well, I can't have a baby, so I'll have a puppy. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Maybe I can have a little girl puppy just to fulfil oh, my girl dreams. Yeah, put a little bow, like little <laughs> yeah. bow, like little clips, a yeah. little like pink lead and yeah. yeah. She'll come All to the nail salon with me, won't she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scott, just... wants to, Scott wants to call it Bowser, so I'm not sure that that really uh, works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. Yeah. No. Uh, mm, no. Anyway. I'm trying to think of how you can make it work for a female <laughs> dog and it's just not. No. No. <laughs> No. Bowie? No, I don't think he'll yeah, agree. No. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're really off topic already. That's fine. Uh, you start. What? So give a rundown yeah. of what's been going on with Jack. All right, I'll try not to bore, but basically I don't even know where we last updated people really, but he was admitted to hospital for what we call a tune-up which is I think it was just before the tune-up yeah yeah so I will give a little bit of background just for those that are new here but Jack's got um what's called bronchiectasis so he as a baby he aspirated which means when he swallows it goes the wrong way and it goes into his lungs we didn't pick that up well the doctors didn't pick that up Mm -hmm. for roughly five to six months so that's insane for a long time and he was severely aspirating so for a long time he was he had fluid on his lungs and that led to recurrent chest infections and pneumonia um 
which has led to bronchiectasis, which is basically irreversible lung damage, um, Mm -hmm. like widening and scarring of the airways, which sort of impairs the ability of the lungs to clear out mucus. So it's basically a breeding ground for bacteria. So that just leads to repeated more damaging lung infections that he can't clear himself. So most kids would just cough up their mucus. His airways are too scarred and widened that he can't yeah clear his mucus so when he gets like virus after virus or if he's maybe has a big aspiration he gets like this wet what we call a wet cough um which they treat with oral antibiotics in the first instance but if it goes beyond say you know normally for us it's about six weeks to two Mm. months of that they and it doesn't respond to oral antibiotics he has to be admitted for iv antibiotics so that's what the tune-up is is for so um not typical for normal kids to have that if they've got a wet cough but for jack it's quite dangerous for him to have a chronic wet cough and for that long like that yeah and it causes more damage i guess um yeah so yeah so he was admitted for two weeks for this tune-up i hate calling it a tune-up because it makes it sound like a like a car or something (laughs) like he's (laughs) so it's an awful word but yeah pick line um two weeks of IV antibiotics and chest physio. So the physios mm-hmm. come in twice a day and do either bubble pet, which is just blowing, forcing yep. exp- like forced expiratory basically to help widen and push out the mucus um, yep. or pats, what they call percussion. So patting his back to move all the, the gunk. Um, typically you can sort of get away with a week of that if they respond quickly, but in Jack's case he didn't respond to mm. the antibiotics or the chest physio and he remained wet the whole time. Um, to the point that we got to the two weeks and they said this isn't working. Um, there's no nothing else they there's could no do. Point. They pretty yeah, much there's no, got to that stage, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Um, they tried to take a couple mucus samples to see what bacteria in particular they were treating, but in a three-year-old trying to get him to cough up sputum or get the physios <laughs> uh, tried to like suck some out, but he's just like uh, yeah. put anything no. near that kid's mouth and he bites down and yeah. won't let you in. So um, From all the that, trauma. Yeah, that was unsuccessful. So, um, and then there was a, there were a few complications. So, at about the week mark, he became wheezy, which was very unexpected. Um, and he required Ventolin quite frequently, um, and was put onto steroids, so prednisolone. Um, we do have a strong family history of asthma, so that wasn't hugely unexpected but the fact that it came on quite quickly with no explanation was yeah there was no virus yeah no there there was was no virus they swabbed yeah um and that it happened at the same time that they were doing you know he was getting treatment and stuff so all of it should have got better yeah not worse yeah (laughs) so anyway we went home because they were like there's no point you being here we had a sort of long-termish plan um but then the day after we came home he ended up back in ed with an significant asthma attack what they can what they describe as an asthma attack so needing very frequent ventolin with a very tight wheeze um he was on hourly ventolin then wasn't he he? was yeah for the night um and they slowly weaned him out to three hours again and but then we have unfortunately been put back on steroids prednisolone and he is still on it so we aren't able to wean from the steroids which is not ideal it's not something that kids should be on long term um we got discharged after that attack and we had another couple nights in um, and he's just not improved since. So we've had lots of discussions with doctors about what this all means and they've mm. actually now booked 
an urgent bronchoscopy, which is another scope to go and look at his airways to see if they can find a cause for what's happening. The last sort of four weeks have just been horrific, to be honest. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, if we're not in hospital, we're at home giving two to three hourly Ventolin. Um, you're still being a nurse at home. Yeah. And that's your, that's your job, like already, yeah. like your career yeah. job. Yeah. Now you're doing that at home for him. And I do feel like because I'm a nurse, they like they go, oh, we'll, we'll allow him to have two hourly ventilation. They, they shouldn't, he yeah. shouldn't be having no. two hours. If they need no. more than three hourly ventilation, they're usually told to go to hospital. But because I feel like there is this, oh, mm-hmm. you're a nurse, we trust you at home to manage that. But, yeah, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. Like I'd rather be at home managing him, but then I don't get a break ever no. um, from being nurse. But, yeah, and then the doctors were like, you need to – just limit his activity until we can get him to have this scope like so because it's two weeks away (laughs) how are you because if he does anything any sort form of exercise even just running from one room to the other he is cough cough tight wheezy um so they're like just sit him down and you know for two weeks yeah I was like do craft have you met my jack yeah (laughs) sit down and do craft I can picture Um, him standing on a chair like or standing on the table trying to do the craft and then like off he goes like yeah yeah that's yeah yeah, and it, this is the kid that in hospital they literally said, does he have an off button? <laughs> That's what the doctor said to me. Because <laughs> I tried to, like, listen to his chest and he's, like, literally was jumping on the hospital bed. Um, yeah. And this is this is the other thing that's not – that's with, it's hard with Jack because he's he doesn't mm. present as an unwell kid. So yeah. those of you who have kids with chronic issues will understand, and I think I posted it in my stories on Instagram um, – a well-looking kid doesn't always mean a healthy kid. Um, no. no. And we're very lucky that Jackie is still able to do all of that stuff. But at the moment he's actually not. He's not able to be mm. a fully functioning kid. Um, we are having to just very much limit our activity. We can't go to the playground. I can't take him out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which sucks for everyone. Yeah. And it's funny watching Scott in this because Scott's very much soft-spoken, very shy, um, mm. but he's really... He stood up this time. Fierce daddy has come out. (laughs) Um, He's just like, I'm so sick of watching my kids struggle like this and having no one care. And it's not that they don't care. It's just that we feel like it's all on our shoulders at home. Mm -hmm. We're the one watching this and we tell them what's going on. But when he presents well, well, I want to say well in like inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying that when you took him into ED and he presented well, they're like, we have to go off what we see now. But this is the juggle with chronic versus acute illness. Like I understand that he doesn't need to be in hospital for like when the tune-up didn't work. I was like, well, no, there's nothing you can acutely do right now that needs to keep us in here. But then when he's needing two hourly Ventolin at home and ED are like, well, we can't hear a wheeze now. I'm like, yeah, that's because I've given him Ventolin. You've just given him, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm treating all of this at home. I'm not going to sit there and not give him Ventolin and you know, make his symptoms appear just so you'll believe me. I'm doing all yeah. the right things at home. And, you know, his oxygen levels are okay. And I'm like, yeah, because I've done all the right things. Yeah, um, he's responded to yeah. to the steroids, so, to the ventilator. Yeah. I've, I get a lot of messages saying, do you think you need to seek a second opinion interstate or mm. what haven't the doctors explored? And I feel like there's a lot of blaming of doctors. And I just want to put a little disclaimer here that our doctors are I do feel like we have to fight and advocate very hard, but I don't feel like they're not listening or that they don't believe us. Um, mm, that's good. ED is different. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, yeah. And that's very hit and miss. You can walk into ED and one day and they're all amazing and yep. really listen and 
especially with chronic kids, some of them are really good. They understand. And then you can walk in another day and they just dismiss you from the second you get there. So that's what we find really hard as well. You just, I walk in there heart pounding out of my chest. I can feel it in my throat, Mm -hmm. not knowing what to expect. Like it can just be such a different experience each time. Um, but yeah, our respiratory doctor, like for instance, the day he was having two hourly Ventolin, he didn't stop coughing from about 2am. He was awake from 2am until 2pm the next day coughing. And I'm talking constant repetitive coughing. He was stopped responding to Ventolin. And so we spoke to the respiratory doctor on the phone and he could hear in the background, he's like, no, you can't live like this. It's not, Yeah, you can't, he's not functioning. Um, and that's when we decided to continue the PRED to at least keep him healthy because no one would operate on him at the moment and no one either would put him under with the way no. his chest is um so they said let's just keep him on the steroids to get him to the the scope um yeah. and essentially the scope is yeah looking for respiratory will be there and ent so respiratory will take a true sample of the fluid in his lungs to check for bacteria because they'll be able to actually get in there. yeah yeah and have a look at his airways and what they're looking like and then ent will obviously look at the upper airway and yeah. they're going to remove his adenoids just purely to hope that it helps um yep. they are enlarged but um you know they said you know that's probably not helping with the mucus and mm. um yeah and they're going to check for a foreign body just in case well yeah that's right you, we were mentioning this yeah. yeah I don't know if you've seen that case in Adelaide where there was a five-year-old I think it was a five or six-year-old that had mm. a little toy in their airway for years a little flower was it a little yeah. toy flower yeah. or something that had been misdiagnosed for years as asthma um because it was causing wheeze until it eventually became like an emergency and he ended up in ICU <laughs> and I think when I said that something to our doctor about is it you know we just raised the question mm. what about a, for- like a foreign body and I think he started to panic there because he's like oh shit because <laughs> yeah we haven't really covered that I mean he's had x-rays and they couldn't see anything there but um but I don't know it's just you never know and like this all started the wheezy really bad symptoms started in hospital when he was getting chest physio so Scott made a really good point what if he did have something there that they've moved just from doing yeah from doing the chest physio who knows they're just going to go in and have a good look well you'll find out soon yeah it doesn't mean we're going to get necessarily get answers and this is the other thing everyone wants an answer for everything we kind of know what's going on with jack chronically mm. um this it's just this acute episode that, that's a bit unexplained and why the the tune-up didn't work that's a bit strange whereas it worked it worked last time didn't it when yeah you had it? oh that's the other thing they've done they've taken him off of all oral fluids now so they think that he's still aspirating quite badly mm. and they wonder whether that's what initially caused the wet cough from the beginning because we as you guys know, we trialed a tube wean. Um, and we and did, it was going so well, wasn't it? Ten, it was. Ten, ten days. days. And we reduced his thickener. So they think because – so he literally got sick on day 10 of the tube wean and he never got better. Um, so they think that it was a build-up of re- recurrently aspirating. Yeah, yeah, that's caused it all. So, I mean, it's not that we don't have answers or that we are ever going to get answers because he's very complex and that's what the doctors mm. keep saying is – he's he's not a, he doesn't follow the the rule book he doesn't do things the way they expect so yeah um but they're you know they're doing the right things they're looking and at least if we don't get an answer from this we know that we've tried and we've looked and we yep. can rule out some things so that is what's going on Scott and I have both been we've mm. shed so many tears over the last few weeks I can imagine um, more so just watching Jack struggle. Suffer. 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 Literally suffer. 
Yeah. Um, to the point of not being able to take him out of the house, waking up at night constantly, not being able to sleep. And then he's just so wrecked during the day that he's just obviously tired and grumpy and Mm. yeah, it's hard. It's hard on everyone. How's James going with it all? Yeah, he, he's so, what's the word, carefree, blasé, mm. just rolls with the punches. Um, we've like we've been in and out of hospital huge amounts. Even he yeah. got pneumonia and was in hospital for a night. So but he just, I don't, I don't know how we've got such resilient, I don't know. They, <laughs> just, they just keep going and they yeah. don't get phased by it. And like the, the night that we just woke Jack up, to take him to the hospital and James is like which hospital is he going to and is he going back to the same room and bye Jack and Jack even like when we were in for the two-week admission we used to have day leave here and there yeah and we'd get home I was like oh is it gonna be really hard to get him to go back and he just would say okay Jack time to go back to the hospital and he goes okay bye James and you run over and give him a cuddle I know it's just I don't even know how we're so lucky you would think that he wouldn't want to go he'd be like clinging on like no don't send me back there but I think because it wasn't a really traumatic admission, mm. like apart he had the surgery, but he was asleep for the pick line. Um, yep. Like the pick line isn't like an IV where it was painful or yep. um, stressful. Um, and he, it, I, feel, I almost think that he felt like it was a bit of a holiday. Like he was little, like, I'm going bit. back to the toys in the hospital. Oh, or, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, just how they adjusted <gasps> to that and still are adjusting to that, like not being able to do anything, um, it just blows my mind. I feel so lucky that they are the way they are and the way they are with each other and the phone yep. calls that like all the video calls and that I miss you Jamesy I love you Jamesy it's just oh, oh that's melting my heart <laughs> yeah um I do just want to touch on something that I've really struggled with over the past month um and it's something that I've struggled with actually in the past too but haven't really had the courage to talk about especially on here but it's feeling invisible. So I'm not talking about, you know, in the online community or in this community or the medical community because I've had so much support there. Um, I've had people like that I only know online that I've never met have dropped food at my door. I've had a premier mum that I know from Miracle Mama that, again, only really knew through social media that came and sat with Jack so that I could run out to the car at the hospital and get a coffee and like I've had a hundred messages every day in my inbox from people just saying, sending love. Yeah, literally just yeah. saying, I'm thinking of you. This is so shit. This is rough. Um, what can we do? But it's actually like my close family and friends um, that I'm feeling really, I almost feel let down. And I don't know if this is just because this has become somewhat our life and that they think that we just cope, you know, we'll just manage. But I've literally had close friends and family not contact me once in the past four weeks. I'm sitting here tearing up. <laughs> yeah. And I feel awful even saying it because I I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, you know, you don't want to be selfish or sound selfish, but I can't imagine ever ignoring mm-hmm. someone close to me if this was happening to them. Yep. Um, like... I'm not even kidding. The last four weeks, we haven't even shopped once for food um, because we ca- we haven't physically been able to. Been able to. 
like to have people that we've never met drop food around but not, yep. not have close family and friends not even think about not even offer it hurts had, <laughs> yeah I've had to ask on social media if someone could have James so that Scott could play footy you would think your family would step in yeah yep. and saying that I'm not saying that we don't have it anyone like our two mums have been incredible they always are they always step up amazing ladies they are yeah both of our mums have bit gone above and beyond but beyond that it's yeah it's there's been very little and when I do put a shout out to people to help on social media it's always the same people that you wouldn't expect like it's the ones that you then you feel like they're the ones that you feel like you're burdening because they're not close enough or you know it's always the people in the footy club or the mum at the school that's like I'll go and I'm I'm happy to take pick up James from school and like people that we don't even know that well and and you still have silence from the ones that are meant to be the yeah. closest to you that you would think would be there yeah to support you and I think in the past I haven't wanted to talk about this on here in case they listen obviously yep. because that's you know I don't want to upset anyone um but that's something that's also a bit of a sore point for me is the fact that I know that these people don't listen either um which again, like you think I'm starting a podcast, you'd think that they'd be there cheering you on, listening every episode, sharing, and then, yeah, you, it's not like that, unfortunately. Um, no, I'm just sitting here tearing up because I agree. <laughs> yeah, you feel like they'd be the ones that would be cheering you on yep. and wanting you to succeed and, like, this is your new venture and you almost feel like, oh, maybe this will give them an insight if I share this out loud that'll give them enough insight into what we're going through to actually what we're actually going through and that we're not not okay with all of this stuff like we need you to understand just because this is the way our lives are doesn't mean that it's okay or that we're just coping why do we why are we expected to just cope and get on with it and be okay with it and I've even had a close family member say to me oh it's too much for me I can't listen I can't hear about it I've talked about this before, like mm. I, like I'm almost guarding them so I don't tell them anything anymore and that's just horrible. And I, wonder, I often wonder, I'm like, well, what if you had a child like this? What would you do? Would you just yeah, like say, no, I don't want them. I'm switching off from this. Like it's just. You can't do that. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying there? Like it, yeah. I didn't choose this and I feel like I don't even have a relationship, a relationship with some of these people anymore. And I have lost friends with everything we've been through. I've got a very small social You're going to make network. me tear up again. It's exactly the same here. And it does prove who your, who your true friends are. And I know a lot of people don't know. This is, this is the other thing I want to say. I know a lot of people don't know what to do and what to say. And I know that I don't expect people to understand because you can't if you haven't lived. Yeah, yeah if you haven't gone through but, it. There's a very big difference between not understanding and ignoring, like outright and ignoring. Putting that wall up and not yeah. contacting, not doing not doing anything. Yeah. And, yeah, that's – I didn't warn Grecian that I was going to no. talk about this. So, um, so, yeah, I'm sitting here tearing up because, yep. But that's the one thing, and not just me, it's Scott as well. He's really struggled with that too, Um he doesn't have heaps of close friends. Um, he's a typical boy that just, boy. you're not great yeah. at catching up, are they? Um, but, yeah, I've, there, there are people that I've 
lent on a lot in the past and I feel like they're fading away and I think I feel like they're just going oh another like this is how it feels I know it's probably not but it's oh it's another oh it's just another and it's almost like I feel like they think that how do I say (laughs) again like I'm not that I'm being very real and raw now (laughs) (laughs) but I felt Thanks, Amy. Was, I knew that this would get me emotional, but here I am not crying and Grecian's bloody And I'm howling. like bawling, bawling my eyes out. <sighs> I think it's because I knew it was coming. I pulled myself yeah, yeah. together to talk about it. But um, almost like I, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but that they think, oh, more drama. That's how it feels like. To, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure you understand how it feels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, this is why I wanted to talk about it because it's not just me. I know it's not just me. And it's okay to be disappointed and feel disappointed and it's not selfish. I think it's, uh, yeah, and I almost just want to like take this snippet and put it on my fucking social media page yeah. and say, hey, universe, hey, friends, hey, family. Um, well, are they friends? So-called friends? Yeah. Well, you do. You find you find your tribe in these instances, don't you? And that's what I mean. My online community are literally the people that have gotten me through this. And some people yeah. I've never met. And some of them are checking in every single day without being prompted, without me posting something. That's the other thing. You'll find this has been our life for four weeks, like in and out of hospital, literally yeah. not functioning. I haven't, I'd literally dropped James at school for the first time this week in four weeks. He missed a week of school. Scott hasn't been able to work. I haven't worked for four weeks. All of these things that had been going on for a long time. I posted an update on Facebook. I don't use Facebook much, mm. but I posted an update on Facebook because I was like, well, I'll just update everyone with what's going on. And all of a sudden I'm getting all these messages well, like, mm, and I yep. know I'm sounding really bitter, but I'm fucking You're allowed to. No, you're allowed to. I'm feeling yep. disappointed and... I really don't want, if anyone is listening, I really don't want to upset anyone. No, but you, these feelings are valid. This is what this platform's for because I'm not alone in this and I don't want other people to be sitting there thinking this and thinking that they're alone and that their friends are letting them down when other people have got these huge, I, and that's the other thing I get, I get lots of messages going, I'm sure you've got a huge support network, like from people I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you've got a huge support network around you and I, I literally cry to those messages because I'm like, I actually don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. Like, I feel like I should. I've got a big family. Um, But people people have their own lives and I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't even know what to add to that. (laughs) And they don't know, they don't understand. They don't understand everything that comes along with it. Like what we've talked about before, the flow on effect of all of this and, um, you know, even the fact that we're moving house at the moment, like. Yeah, I want to come help pack. Yeah. (laughs) And I've had people that, again, and I don't know, message me and go, can I come and help pack your house up? And I was like, oh, my God, if only this was, you know, I can't let some stranger just come and pack my own yeah, yeah. But, you know, if this was my, if this was, thank you for offering, because if this was my close family or friends, I'd probably be like, hey, actually, yeah. Yes, we need help right now. Yeah, we need help. Please come and And the whole reach out to people, you need to ask for help. It's not as easy as it sounds like those couple days when I had to put on social media, can anyone have my child? I felt like I felt sick to my stomach that I had to do that. Um, It's hard. It's hard to ask for help. Yeah. And one day I literally had James in the hospital with me, with Jack for a few hours on my own. I think it's just, it's just, we don't like asking for help. We don't know how to do it well. Um, I feel like I'm being a burden to someone else if I'm asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. 
especially when you do feel like your help is always the same people, especially when you're using the same people over and over. Like our mums, I just feel constantly like shit that I'm using them again. They'll do it a hundred times over, but um, it'd be nice to spread the load a little bit more. Definitely. And I've just taken up half of the episode. That's fine. I need to actually go do Riley's feed. Okay. We'll so be back soon. that's probably a good, like... <laughs> segue. Let's have an intermission. <laughs> intermission. Okay, watch my tears together. away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 7.30, so... It's funny because it's 9 o'clock here and that's Jack's... I can hear Scott doing Jack's feed. <laughs> um, okay. They're I'm tube go. feeding buddies. It's like when your friends get their period together. <laughs> <laughs> Riley and Jack are having their two feasts together on the other side of Australia. Bless. That's cute. All right. You go do that. We'll be back soon. Anyone else just love how versatile open-ended toys are for all ages? Forever Toys is an Australian mama-run shop featuring quality open-ended toys that capture imagination. Mel's vision for Forever Toys was to provide her customers with quality toys that spark imagination and inspire those little minds that can be shared with generations to come. Open-ended toys are those that can be used in a variety of ways with no right or wrong way to play with them. In our household, we have so many open-ended toys from Forever Toys that I cannot wait to share with Macy now she's that little bit older. I love that I will have those precious memories of Adeline and the twins playing with those very same toys. Check them out over at Forever Toy Shop on Instagram and use discount code R-A-W-R for free shipping. Let's talk about you. Enough about me. I've just bored people's ears off. No. No, you made me cry for the night, so. I feel like people are quite invested in our stories, so it is like we might feel like we're just boring people, but I think giving them an update is nice. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, Otherwise we do have to respond to 100 messages. Yes, that's just the easy way. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Uh, that's like I'm trying to even think. Where yeah, we so were. Riley. I think she mm. was, was she in a hospital? I think yeah. so. Because they were in a hospital at the same time. So. Yeah. So I don't know if people knew that she had had her feeding tube inserted or not, but mm. start from the beginning. Of that. Yeah. Well, obviously over winter, Riley and the rest of the girls had been nonstop sick like everyone else in freaking Australia. Yep. Um, so because of it, Riley's eating and fluid intake had just dropped even more. So we have struggled the past two years trying to get her fluid intake mainly, um, adequate to where they wanted it to be. Um, but over since winter and the just sickness after sickness, it just got worse and worse. Um, cause I think she was aspirating as well, obviously, which wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause then she chokes on it doesn't want to drink after that so it's like subconsciously she's like no not doing it not worth it um so then under our dietitian I had to think of the word then um (laughs) I'm still upset from you making me cry (laughs) (laughs) um I put you off your game (laughs) you have you have now which is fine I can deal with that um so our dietitian read us 
up this amazing letter telling us to go to ED. Riley was having less than 50 mils of fluid mm. and less than 200 calories a day um, unless we were forcing her. So I did share a couple of videos on social media of us like trying how much we had to fight mm. to get it in, um, literally restraining her because the doctors were like, you have to get fluid in. So we were syringing it. We were holding her down, trying to get her to drink. And I just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to fight her. I don't want to cause a eating disorder or anything. And you, yeah, and you, you, you can't, like that's just too much. You shouldn't have to be doing, getting no. to that point. No. no. So, yeah, our dietitian wrote up this letter if, without that letter I don't think we would have been taken seriously um because mm-hmm. like even reading the discharge summary now um how you were saying they present fine clinical findings like her heart rate was fine blood pressure was fine afebrile sats were 98 um does not look unwell Mm. is literally what's written there in front of me does not this is look the unwell. chronic this is the chronic versus acute juggle that I'm talking about mm-hmm. Anyone, like I don't want to say this sounding rude, but anyone can look at Riley and see that she's underweight um, and small for her age. So to say doesn't look unwell, like you're putting that, again, that unwell box that unwell can be so many different things. Like someone can look completely normal from the outside and have cancer or Mm -hmm. lung damage or, yeah. Anything. Anything. Anyway. Um, so I'm glad we had that letter because they finally fucking took us seriously. Um, yeah, but then didn't you have like a simple blood test that showed that she was? Yep. So her body was in ketosis. So it was some um, higher three or whatever it was. I don't remember now when it should be like zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was in starvation mode and severely dehydration, severely dehydrated. I can't even talk because it hurts so much that it had to get to the point where my daughter was malnourished, starving, severely dehydrated for someone that, to listen. That her body had gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it really hurts. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it is, this is the other part of it, is the, the fight and the advocating. And you, you do it every day, all day, but there's only so much you can do before you give up and you just go... You just you go okay. Well, we'll just keep yep, doing whatever. what we're doing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> literally. Um, so yeah, they put the tube in. All her other bloods were okay at that stage. Um, but they had to. They she was at the point where they had to slowly rehydrate her because yeah, they didn't want her body right. to See, like. You're remembering yeah. more than me because I'm like just out of it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, and it is it's so much that to to remember and to take in. Yeah. So that, that's right. They yeah. said they couldn't. They couldn't just put an IV in and give her IV fluids because her body would go into shock. Um, so they had to slowly introduce it and then go from the saline. Is that what it, what they were using? Um, hydrolyte? I don't know if they were doing hydrolyte at that stage. Oh, I don't know, sorry. Um, they had to go that and then swap it over to the pediasure and make sure her stomach and body could handle the pediasure as well. Um, so they had to build that up and then she was on continuous feeds for the six days she was in, um, came home, finally had like some sort of plan in. We got through to ENT again. They put us through to PCH's feeding team. 
um, because she went home on the tube and she loves the tube. She's really cute. She's really protective of it. Mm. Every time I wipe her nose, she's like, don't touch my tube. Mm. It's very cute. Um, And it has made a huge difference. Um, She has so much energy. She's obviously, I know she's getting three quarters of her daily intake through the pediatrician now. I can top her up with water. Um, It just takes that pressure off of you of fighting. It does, but I feel like a nurse now. So I feel like a 24-7 nurse. I've got to look at the time and see what what it is. Has she had enough water? It's a different type of pressure. It's Mm, it's a different type of pressure, but I don't have to physically hold her. Um, But now the oral aversion has gotten worse. So Mm. there's no safe foods anymore. Like she'll ask today, she asked for banana. And I thought, sweet, she hasn't eaten banana in six weeks since her admission. She used to love bananas. That would be her safe food. So I chopped her up a little bit, looked at it again, just threw it. Mm. Like, oh. And then same at the doctor's this morning, she's like, I'm thirsty. I'm like, oh, okay. She's maybe recognising that she's thirsty. Uh, she, I gave her a little bit. I said, it's not thickened though, so just just be mm. mindful if you're going to drink it. Um, looked at it, said, no, mum, you drink it. Like mm. so, she's asking for stuff, and I have. To, I feel like I have to give it to her because she's asking for it. But I know she's just going to throw it or squish it or do something with it. But so we're still trying to encourage as much as we can. Yeah, but, and that's the tricky part with introducing a tube. Is like she obviously medically needed it. Um, mm-hmm. um, she was at that point, but now like it can turn them the other way where they. I should say rely on it because she need well she does rely on it but yeah but they that yeah I think it's, she I don't know how much she understands but she knows that that makes her feel full so you have to time meals around your feeds so that they are feeling hungry it's like vicious but, cycle yeah. yeah it's it's a big juggle around everything but she has been eating her lunch at school um oh, which good. is good yeah so we don't on those days we. If she eats her lunch, we miss a feed. Um, oh, yeah. But then I'll give her more water and things like that. So, And she's, did you say she's put on weight? She has put back on what she's lost. Yeah. So I think a lot of it was fluid. So she was 11.6 when she was really unwell. Um, and she's back up to 12.2. Okay. So yeah. she's got a little bum back now. Just yeah. now we're looking at her like she's got a little bum <laughs> back. Um, but I guess it's beautiful to see that she's like, she's, you can see the difference in her and her energy. Yeah, and yeah. definitely. I think she's got too much energy now though. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally because before she would lay on the floor and play and now she's like pinging off the walls everywhere. So it's really, yeah. it is really good. Well, it just shows the impact um, that it had on her. Yeah. Like, and like you said, for years that went on and you took one person to listen and like you just think what could have happened long term if that one person didn't listen yep yep like that's what I mean like if we didn't if they didn't approve for her to come back home on the tube we'd still be fighting her now because you'd still probably just be in hospital on a tube because let's be honest yeah it wouldn't have gotten better yeah would not have gotten better um Mm. especially because she's been sick since then as well like Mm. yeah it's just so did you notice a difference then when she was sick like she didn't be, seem as unwell because she was getting the yep. replacement. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So didn't this last sickness, I didn't, I don't know what it was because I didn't want to freaking know 
Yeah. What it was, sick of swabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sick of swabs. I just don't want to know. I knew so it was had them all anyway. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Well, we hadn't had RSV and we haven't had para influenza. Yeah, okay. So I was We've like, it's one. one of those. Just, yeah, I was you just like, that. we'll take that for the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God. I was like, it's probably just one of those. Laugh, I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, she wasn't as sick. The recovery was quicker, mm. which makes such a difference. Because she didn't have any reserve last time. No. Like the doctor joked and said, oh, no, she would have like maybe a week or two left to reserve when we were in there. And yeah. I was like, how can you joke about that? Yeah. Like, oh, mm. my child. My... Yeah, so. Yeah, you joke now, but you wouldn't listen to me like six yeah, months ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's been a lot. We've had an ENT checkup. We've had a dietitian checkup at PCH. And I kind of was like to ENT, why, I didn't say it, but why the fuck did you say, we'll just give it six more months? Why mm. is it always we will give it just six more months? Push them to the bloody breaking point. Like, yeah. why do we have to wait another six months? When I told you on the phone after her surgery, when you didn't do a checkup eight weeks later, like you said you were going to, that she was still choking on fluid. Mm. Why did you say, oh, no, it may not be working yet. We'll give it six more months. Yeah. And look where we are now. I don't want to see my child like that. It is horrible. It is honestly horrible. And, like, the trauma from NICU and, like, she's always going to be little. Um, But then after we got that news today um, saying that her bone, bone age assessment that they did, um put her at two years six months so two years behind her bone growth and bone maturation like I just mm. bawled my eyes out in the doctors because it's heartbreaking it's devastating like I knew she was little and I knew she was about that size wise but, yeah, but to like, see it in like on paper yeah, like yeah. on something it really really fucking hurt especially when you've been trying to advocate for your child and like say that she hasn't been eating properly for two years like we can get food into her yeah yeah and like you like you said you've known it and you you obviously you live with her you see it every day but seeing it on paper it becomes real and it really hits home yeah yeah so it really really hurt today and not knowing what that means because obviously that was just our gp checked it because i was like i haven't heard Mm. from endocrine um can you check so she was two times the standard deviation from where she should be or whatever it was. Yeah. So the standard deviation is 10 and a half months um, and she is double the standard. So the patient's chronological age is four years, five months when she had it. The bone age corresponds most closely to a skeletal age of a two-year-old, six months. The standard deviation is 10 and a half months. As such, the patient's bone age is more than two standard deviations below chronological age and delay. Mm. Why has no one contacted us about that? That, like, I know she's little and I know she always will be little being 500 grams at birth, but, like, that's double... Mm. a standard deviation like that should yeah, be like not just a big red average. flag yeah yeah um yep and this is where it goes back to this is why we do feel like we have to find advocate because you just you feel like a number you do yep. at the end of the day you feel like you're another number that they're just trying to move along until the next one comes in and 
I don't like, like I'm a nurse and I'm in that profession. I don't like talking like smack about, mm. about it. But when it's really hard being on the other side and feeling like. Yeah, you're on they, both sides. Or yeah. feeling like that they could be doing better. Like There's a couple of times and I'm like, you know, you're in the hospital for two weeks. You can tell who are the good and the bad nurses. Yeah, yeah. And it's really hard when you get a bad nurse knowing that they're not doing what they should be for your should child. Yeah. And like Scott's, Scott's, Scott's become quite aware of that too. Like, cause he's been, mm. a, normally it's just me in the hospital when Jack, obviously when he was younger, I was always the one with him, yeah. but now we sort of swap out a bit, especially for the longer admissions. And he's even come to know, he's like, he can tell when nurse, some of the nurses don't mm-hmm. even do the, don't even count their respirate, don't even check their temperature. And you think, what are they going and putting on the chart? Are they just making it up? Mm. Um, I don't know I feel I feel so like bad. again I sh- as a nurse I feel like I can't be I shouldn't be bagging but there's such again it's this hit and miss between mm-hmm. you can get a bloody good nurse that does it all right and you're just like yes but this is when it's hard when it's your own child and you're sitting on the other side and you're like I just want you to freaking do the right thing just bloody yep. be a good nurse yeah because I'm watching you <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so how are the girls the other girls with the tube and stuff Macy loves sitting on it, <laughs> sitting on the little thing. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, on what she thing? sits on it on the um the pole. On the pole, yeah. The little on feet the for it yeah, on yeah, the stand. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. sits on there. She goes and sits next to Riley, um, which is really cute. So she has no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, Adeline kind of understands what it's for, and Hannah hasn't really said much about it. But I think her behaviour's been a little bit off. Because we've been giving, obviously, Riley so much attention um, and Macy being still, I don't want to say baby, but toddler. Mm. Um, so hers has been a little bit off. So we've been trying to give her more attention yeah, okay. around it. Yeah. But in regards to the tube itself, they haven't really, they're not really phased or anything. Yeah. I suppose yeah. they just know, kind of like James, just part of it. Yeah. Another appointment. And they're so innocent. Kids are just so innocent. That's probably the reason that, why they're so meh about it because they don't judge or no. question. Not at this age. Not at this you age. Know why. Yeah. It was only recently James, first time James has asked, so is Jack getting his peg out soon? And I think because we started that wean and yep. talked about that. Um, but he hasn't, up until then, he's never really thought about the, it coming out. Like it's always just been a part of part of him. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jack yeah. actually recently said, which I'm blown away by, he said, James doesn't have a billy. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So something's clicked. Something's like clicked that. that he's, yeah, his brother doesn't have what he has. Yeah. Yeah. But that's as far as it went. <laughs> off he yeah. went. Yeah. Off he goes. Yeah. See you soon. Yeah. One yeah. thought, and then that's it. Mm. So where to for Riley? Like, well, that's everyone keeps asking. Like, how long? What are they doing? Um, I I don't know. Um, the GP and I today kind of were like, I think it's going to be a longer term yeah. than what ENT thinks. ENT wants to wean her as soon as possible, get her back on fluid and stuff. And I I kind of just laughed at them because I was like, mm. you want her to have a liter of fluid a day Mm. we were barely on a good day we could get 300 400 meals Mm. on a good day like how are we meant to hit a liter and this is a really tricky part yeah about once you're on the feeds as well you it's you know you have to stop like slowly drop down yeah 
to even get them to have the hunger or the thirst. Yeah. Like once they're, you know, you have to start weaning the tube feeds, but then if they don't drink, then you're like, oh, we have to replace it. It's, it's a full-time job. That's what I mean. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. And I'm okay with that because I know at least she's getting what she needs. Mm. Like even though yeah. it adds a whole other aspect to her and our lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, like it's it's fine. It's just going to be a part of it and I kind of wish that it was done sooner, yeah. earlier yeah. in our journey. Um, but I have no idea, no yeah. idea. Um, our dietitian wants us to push for a peg so that the oral aversions don't get mm. too severe Yeah, because they already have gotten worse and worse over the last couple of weeks. She's very concerned, um, especially mm. with the autistic signs and stuff like that. Yep. That it could, yeah, be very hard. Like how do we get her back to wanting to eat? And like even tonight she had a little bit of ice cream, but she was eating it so slowly. And the, and the hospital yesterday well, after the tube change, she kind of like looked at the ice cream, looked at me, had a little bit. Uh, I was like, are you finished? She's like, yeah. It's like the enjoyment mm. of food is kind of gone now. Yeah. Did she did she enjoy things like that before? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, we could get her to eat a whole pizza because it was her favourite food. Mm. She would have like an ice cream or an icy pole. But now she's, there's just nothing, there's no love for that food anymore, which is really hard. Mm. So I just don't know how we're going to go forward from here. Yeah. It's tricky. It is, I feel like, you know, you can see why people, they try and avoid tubes for so long. Um, But then when it becomes medically necessary, I feel like, like like you're saying, they they then leave it too long Mm -hmm. and you just feel like you're then fighting an uphill battle the whole time. So you sometimes wonder if they did intervene a little bit earlier, would they, maybe they wouldn't get to that point and you could wean them a bit quicker off of the tube because they haven't become so... Reliant on it. Yeah, like it's... It's such yeah. a hard, it's such a hard balance, especially in cases like Riley's where it's more of a aversion type behavior. Mm. Whereas with Jack, he's like would drink if he could, you yeah. know. Like it's, yeah, he wants when to it's, drink. When it's a medical Riley's drink, that. medical reason, it's different. But yeah, I haven't experienced that. Your 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 experience with tube feeding is completely different in a way. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know. Don't know. She just yeah. even now, if we give her a drink bottle, she's like she takes a little sip, and I think it's only whatever's in the actual like straw. Yeah. She's not actually yeah. drinking properly. Yeah. So yeah. we will see, my little yeah. fighter. Though and it doesn't, nothing, nothing's going to dramatically change, is it? Like realistically, she's not just going to wake up one day and be like, "Oh yeah, I want to eat." I can drink. eat again. No, because mm. it's always been an issue. Like yeah, she just doesn't I mean. it's doesn't gonna, really get no hungry. Quick fix. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let's get into questions. questions. Yep. So You've we'll start with you because we're already rolling with your story. So um, someone asked, why didn't they do something earlier? Well, yes, we've well, kind of why, covered that. I don't know. <laughs> well, we haven't covered it. We don't know. We, yeah. Don't know. Don't know. It's just the wait six months and see. Scenario. Like you said, they don't want to intervene before they feel they have to. Have to and they want to give them their best shot. But I, I feel in Riley's I think case so. maybe they should – there were a lot of red flags there, and you do you mm-hmm. you do feel like you know, they're not listening to you, and that's an awful, awful feeling. 
Yeah. Especially when you've brought it up with so many different doctors. And Justin was saying today, yeah. we've brought it up with these different doctors that we've seen every different times over mm. different mm. hospitals because we're across three hospitals. We're across private and public. Yeah. Um, like no, you think, okay, we'll go in, say what we need to say. They're like, oh, why haven't they done this? And we're like, yes, someone's listening to us. And then nothing kind of comes of it. And then you go to the next doctor and they're like, okay, we'll try this. And they're like, oh, yes, someone else is going to listen to us. Maybe we'll get somewhere. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't get anywhere. Like, yeah. Next question. (laughs) When you go out, do people look and stare? Yes, they have recently. Um, Some some people have been smiling, which is kind of nice. Like a little, like, oh, okay. Um, other people have like literally stared and followed us as we yeah. like walked it's past so type thing and it's like what the fuck okay yeah. okay yes my child has a tube on her face a little pout like I feel like going do you want me to fucking stare at you <laughs> but yeah they have I feel like in because we had we had that with Jack's tube but I feel like been, but yeah. it's almost like I kind of feel for them because I think they're just in a state of shock and then I don't think they realize what they're doing but I'm like god have you never seen a kid with a like but I guess you know we've lived this world we're kind of used to it but um you know if you or me saw a kid with a tube we'd give give them a high five (laughs) but like I just feel like these these people are almost like a taken aback and they're just like oh my gosh staring like what is that thing and you don't you you forget that some people are probably completely oblivious lucky them to this world (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it is kind of like yeah. even if you are oblivious, kind of just take a quick peek and then think about it while you're walking and not staring. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, don't stop in your tracks. Yeah, yeah, especially with a child that's probably becoming aware of those stares and people looking at it. Oh, no, she's in her own little world. she doesn't care. She's literally in her own little world. All right. Which is kind of good. Is she, yeah, is she 100% fed through the tube or just some? So we can feed her 100% through the tube. At the moment, the dietitian has set her as three quarters of her daily requirements to give her some room to actually want to eat. If it continues that she's not eating much, we can add another feed in. So at the moment, she's doing four feeds a day. Um, I think she's on 165 meals of Pediasure each time. So okay. four bottle, four bottles of Pediasure a day. We can up it to five if we need to. They're pretty yep. flexible with it, which is really good, depending on the day. Yeah, that's good. Um, we've actually answered a lot of this, but oh, there's one. Has your NDIS increased with a change of circumstances? Mm, not yet. We are trying to put together the best possible like package, I suppose, um, yep. with the most amount of evidence that we can collect from everything. So my OT, um, physio, speech, she are all putting together everything, the dietitian, the more paperwork, the more support letters. Yeah. As you know, you need as much as possible, as much evidence and as much, what's the word, like all the, the bad things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah proof um, as to what's actually going on. So yeah. we're working on it and hopefully get it in sooner rather than later so we can get funded for it all. Yeah. So did you are you putting in for like an urgent review for a change of circumstance? Is that what yep. they're gonna do when it yeah, when they've got it all ready? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because that's what 
that's what that's there for is if something like this that changes significantly yeah significantly yeah because there's definitely not enough funding for all of this and there wasn't before this so we were still Mm. putting in a change of circumstance because our OT speechy and physio found more things that we should that have come up um, yeah, we'll put it all in there now that you've got the chance. Oh, yeah, exactly. now. Yeah. 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 So then on top of this, we've got to add all the feeding stuff and a few more yeah. bits that they found. So, yeah. Yeah. We kind of covered this question, but I'm interested to hear you go a bit deeper. So is how much is she having orally at the moment? Like, I know that every day is different, but um, uh, you kind of is, is she always like just not even sipping at water or some days she's a little bit better? Does it depend? She doesn't really go to her drink bottle. Yeah, okay. Before, she probably would go to a drink bottle a little bit, like physically mm. take herself there. We yeah. would always have to take it to her. Now she won't go. Like we could go a day. We make up her thickened water in the morning. Um, she doesn't touch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could go a day and she wouldn't have touched it at all. But I guess that's so. the, other, the other part of that is that she's probably lost that thirst because she's getting it via the tube. That's the other. But you think, yeah. wouldn't you think that you'd still want your mouth like Well, that's what people wet. have said to me all the time about Jack. They're like, doesn't he have like just that need for. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think they get used to it, especially because Riley never really drank heaps anyway. Heaps anyway. Think, yeah. In Jack's case, he does get a thirst, especially in summer. Yes. Very yep. much so, you know, with hotter weather and stuff. Um, and he has a few times asked for a drink since we've had to stop his oral mm. his oral fluids. Um, I think more it's, it's more just like you said, to wet the mouth. There's things like, I've got fluff in my mouth, I want a drink. I was yeah. like, oh, buddy, you can't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy that dry fluff. But I do often mm. wonder, like, how dry they must feel from having nothing mm. orally. Mm. Nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, at the moment. I want to say like three sips a day. Yeah, right. Okay. And food, hit and miss. Mm, what did she have today? She had three tiny teddies. She ate half a little Vegemite scroll that I made. So they're not very big. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Oh, she took a bite of a slice, a little bit of cheese and then smooshed the rest. What'd she have for dinner tonight? Oh, she actually ate some of the fish that I made for dinner tonight. But it was like two mouthfuls, like two mouthfuls. So she's gotten worse since the tube yep. has gone in, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100% yeah. it's gotten so much worse. Even hot chips, like pizza, the stuff that she would eat. Mm. Yeah. Just super picky, which is really sad to see. Yeah. Because I'm honestly wondering how how do you come back from that, like with mm. mealtime support and stuff? I don't, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, well, hopefully you get lots of support yep. in place now to work through all of that. Um, yep. Lots of, like, yeah, surely they'll, you know, push forward. Surely. Put priority surely. for, like, feeding <laughs> and speech and all of that, like, therapy for her aversions and stuff. Like, yeah. All right, some questions about Jack. I feel silly. Do you have the mm. questions? I feel silly asking them to yep. myself. <laughs> you don't? I don't have them. Okay, no. that's all right. Um, did did you email myself. them to me? I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was due to what it was like a minute before you came on. Oh, okay. I'll just choose a few because there's a shitload. Um, one I get very frequently is does he have cystic fibrosis? Mm. That is because I think lots of people probably are familiar with cystic fibrosis or know someone that has cystic fibrosis and they do often go in for these tune-ups. Tune-ups, um, yeah. Yeah, so... 
So Jack actually has what's called non-cystic fibrosis bronchiectasis. So the damage to his lungs is very similar to that of CF patients. Um, so hence why the treatment is the same, but it's not the same. Like he doesn't have the cysts and the same, all the stuff that comes with cystic fibrosis. So similar treatment and the, the damage to the lungs is the same, but um, yeah, no, he doesn't have cystic fibrosis. He That's was tested for that. Yeah, yeah. quite a, um, quite a, a while back. Um, yeah. They are thinking of testing him for what's called primary cilia dyskinesia or something like that, which is when oh. the little cilia are the little he- tiny oh, little yes. hairs in your airways that move the mucus up and out. Mm. Um, and if they're, if they're not working properly, obviously the mucus sits in your lungs and it's quite common for people with PCD to develop bronchiectasis. Um, mm. They have tested, did a blood test for that when he was little, um, but I think that was just to show if they, he had a gene like oh, that okay. but they haven't actually tested for the actual like tested his hair his cilia for it um can they do that something test, about that if i don't know i haven't looked too much yeah. into that um i think it's more just an answer again and it, it doesn't yeah. the treatment's probably the same um but the test is actually done in melbourne it's not done in adelaide so we'd oh. we'd have to fly over and have Holiday. that done yeah <laughs> it's literally a day not the really. hospital funds it um You'd fly over in the morning and come back in the afternoon yeah. after it's done. So Ooh. not so much a hello, just a stressful <laughs> rush around in a yeah, strange no. city. <laughs> no. Yeah, don't do that. Um, so we decided, like, we'll see what this scope shows and if there's any, and if they think there's a need to do that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I want to answer this one because I think it's you know real, real motherhood. How do you fit work in amongst all the medical mm. commitments? Mm. So as I've just said recently, obviously I, I haven't worked for f- four weeks since this all started, since his admission. Um, so sometimes it doesn't work and you just have yeah. to accept that, unfortunately, and that is the shit part about all of this. Like I I had a night shift um, booked when he was in hospital, like it was booked before. Obviously I knew he was going into hospital and I was like, I'll try and make it work. You know, I can Scott can come in that night, James can go to my mum's. I don't mm. want to have to give up, you know every shift shift, yeah Yeah. um and not just not just financially but because it's probably good for me to do something social and outside of it all and but then in reality it came to like two days before and I was like there's no way I'm gonna be up like you know I've spent the last few nights in hospital haven't slept um I'm drained this is it's mentally exhausting um yeah so I cancelled the shift and I ended up cancelling the the other two that I had upcoming um and now I haven't got any books. I literally have no shifts booked. Upcoming. Have you told Have you told them not to put you on? Yeah. So since Jack's since we came home and Jack's not improved, I've said um, I can't commit to anything I, like like this. I'm casual, so I have this flexibility, and I know not That's... everyone does. Um, so I'm lucky in yeah. that instance. But um, I still, it doesn't mean it, I don't feel guilty or that oh, we no. don't we oh, don't then yeah. suffer the financial burden of that. Yeah. Or um, but I explained to her. I said, look, this is what's happening, and I just. I don't want to commit to shifts and then have to cancel. I'd rather just not book them in yep. um, so that I don't let anyone down. And she was really understanding. But, um, yeah, when he's wellish, um, I, like I said, I make, I'm casual. That's how we make it work. I can pick my shifts. Um, and then my mum will have Jack or Scott will have Jack um, when I work. So someone else has asked, has Jack ever gone to preschool? I'm guessing they mean like childcare. Mm. Um, or will he 
you know, will this be an option in the future or something we want? And obviously that means, you know, kindy and stuff. So Jack's not in kindy for another year, not next year, the year after. So we've got a bit of time. Time at your sleeve, yeah. Yeah, but he's never been in childcare and it's not that I don't, you know, don't agree with childcare. It's that I'm just had... sitting here shaking my head like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it's um, it's that like we've had my mum, thankfully, that will have mm. Jack when I work and he, with his immune problems is just he, he, he we can't stay healthy as it is. Like you, you yeah, know, the, the doctors that. have pretty much said don't put him in childcare. Um, yeah, so. But he'll he'll go to kindy when we when we get there, and at this stage, it looks like he'll go with a peg, and he'll have to have obviously some support to be mm-hmm. to be fed and drank. <laughs> he doesn't have any fluids; it's just water. But um, yeah. Um, there's heaps of questions, but I'm looking. Oh, I do want to answer this question because it come from a beautiful mama that we've had as a guest on the pod, and I know she's very interested in the lung side of things. So yeah. Okay. yeah. What is Jack's long-term outlook? Is this something he will outgrow? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, and someone else did ask, you know, what is my biggest worry for Jack's future? So I feel like they kind of tie in. Um, so bronchiectasis is irreversible, unfortunately. Um, but in saying that, we've talked about this in the past, apparently your lung tissue regrows up until about eight years of age. So there is every chance that we can prevent any further damage and there is even the possibility that it will improve. But again, in saying that with the way Jack is at the moment, um, I can't see that we will be improving. If anything, I feel like we're probably going the other way. Um, yeah, you really, it's so hard because you don't, I feel like you're kind of at that stage where you, you don't, you're not really getting any better, but you don't want to get any worse. Yeah. And that's what I, that's my biggest, when that someone says, what's your worry for Jack's future is my mm-hmm. biggest worry at the moment right now is that everything he's gone through over the past few months is causing long, like more damage. damage. Yeah. And more that, long-term damage. Yeah. And that that's why I'm so frantic about getting on top of this and not just ignoring it because essentially, you, you know, can't. adults, adults with bronchiectasis are on home oxygen, they have to do like airway clearance techniques every day. They have to do chest physio. They have to wear vests to move the mucus. Um, they cough, like nasty time. coughs all the time. Um, small small viruses or colds end them in hospital. Like this is yeah. long-term, unfortunately, you know. It's, it's scary. Yeah, it is. And I don't know what that means for him in terms of playing sport and just being a young, uh, just being a kid that runs around. Like we're, we're a very sporty family. Um, I don't know what it all means and we don't, we won't know. We just have to wait and see. Um, and in terms of that, I guess what they do to see if his lung damage is getting worse, they do CT scans. That's the only real way that they can check the progression of bronchiectasis. But um, they don't want to do that frequently because it's radio, a lot of radiation. So, Has he had they, them done before? Yeah, that's when it was diagnosed. So yeah. his first CT um, he had was when we found out he had the lung damage. They actually did the CT to because they found out he's got a really weird airway anatomy. So they did the mm-hmm. CT to just confirm what his anatomy yeah, looked okay. like. Yeah. And then they were like, well, he's got oh. scarring on his, yeah. But, yeah, we just won't, we won't know. And we won't do CTs frequently because it's just, there's really no point doing it frequently. Like we'll pr- probably do it every few years. Um, so, yeah. I hope that answers some of your questions. I know it's all very medical. Um 
But I know a lot of you are, you know, in this world and probably understand it a little bit and that's why you're asking the questions. Yeah, Yeah. understand the unknowns and what the future holds for any of these children. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We both are just like, (laughs) it's quite late. We did have a couple questions actually just for us both. Only a couple, but someone asked, do you reach out to people for stories for the pod or do they ask you? Mm. A bit of both really, isn't it? A bit of both. We do want to do up a form eventually. We've been a bit busy um, so that people can fill it out and we can put together like a little, I don't want to say a little book, but like a little. Mm. Keep you all on file. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah do pretty get, much. We get heaps of people, heaps of people pop into our inbox. Um sharing their stories and saying that they'd love to be a guest and we would love to have you all on but obviously we we've got once a week so it's limited Um, but we do have a little bit of a list building up of people that have contacted us but we also do have a little bit of a list of people that we're pretty keen to chat to as well so yeah yeah but if you're keen to be a guest just pop into our inbox and we'll add you to our list someone else also asked who asked who to join the podcast together which I thought was, they obviously haven't been listening from the beginning. (laughs) But, um, yeah, obviously it was me. I asked Grisha because. Amy asked. Yeah. And I said yes. Yeah, because I already had the podcast going beforehand with Emma. Um, So, yeah, we I interviewed Grishan. I was like, this girl. I already knew Grishan, but, yeah. And clearly there's a. We, we got love a each other. Yeah. <laughs> we love each other, uh, which has ha- progressed very rapidly. I feel it like has. <laughs> we we always... fell for each other very fast. Know. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a slow burn until we yeah. one interview, and it was like, wow, Damn. how have we not connected like this before? I know. Uh, that is pretty much it. I okay. think. Yeah, we have obviously had another few topics that people want us to talk about, which we will add to the list as well. So if there are topics, we do keep a list of those as well that you want us to talk about. And we do want to branch out to not just being medical mum, special needs mum stuff, but also a bit more just real motherhood, everyday stuff, challenges. We've I know we've said this in the past, but obviously the last few we weeks are have been there. <laughs> the last few weeks have been a Shit. lot. So yeah. And we had guests booked in and stuff, so we're just rolling with it at the minute what we can do and when we can do and yeah around everything else in our lives yeah and we still want to keep it quite you know there's a reason we made this podcast for this community so but I think you know we can all relate to all of the motherhood stuff so we're not don't want to ignore any parts of it so yeah actually I've got one more thing to say I swear I don't shut up um I just remembered when I spoke about Emma so Mm. This week, I the lovely Sophie from Running for Premature Babies visited Adelaide. She came to my hometown. Um, sorry, she's like another person that I just bloody love that yep. I just have met through social media. But like, uh. um, she came to Adelaide. She had a birthday party that she was attending, and we I picked her up from the airport. We went and had lunch, and we oh, went to lovely. Flinders Medical Center to see the Nava ventilator that we fundraised for. Oh yay. yay! Which was donated, obviously by the foundation, but mm. um, was raised through funds that we 
raised, Emma and I raised for in the oh, city well today. Uh, and it ladies. was donated in memory of Willow. So oh, I did just want to, I know a lot of your followers here still follow Emma and um, obviously are involved with a lot of the fundraising that I do. So the Nava Ventilator is there. It's being used, I think it's been used on 12 babies so far. Wow. I met a mum um, whose baby had benefited, like had used it and had benefited from it. And she was just, oh, I like, I welled up. I walked into the NICU, she's like, she was literally having skin on skin with her little bubble. Oh. Like, oh my god! Yeah, like it's years, even years later, because lots of us haven't been able to visit Nick Hughes in the last few years. So this was the first time I was able to go back in there and to see the the Nava had a little plaque on it as well that it was donated oh. in memory of Willows. That's so yeah, so very beautiful. emotional, triggering day, but um, so worth it to see that it's in use and yeah. that we we were literally put it there. You so did that. so special. You guys did that. Yeah, and as well as that. I saw the NICU cams in use, which is another oh, thing that I fun- fundraised towards. So that I fundraised, I started the fundraising for that. Um, it was sort of my little idea. I don't want to, um, actually I'm Just claiming claim it. it. Just claim it. <laughs> um, I took it to the foundation and I was like, I want NICU cams. And I did a fun run for Prems back in 2018. That's how long it's taken. I was going to say um, it's taken a while. Obviously, the funds that we raised in the fund run for Prems weren't enough, so there were other contributors. It wasn't just our team that, you know, did that. Um, so I'm not claiming – I can't claim it <laughs> completely. But um, they're in they're in use. I spoke to I also spoke to a mum that's using the cameras and she said she's waking up at 3 a.m. She turns on the live stream and she's able to benefit from um, seeing her baby while she's See, pumping. And yeah, she said all the – That's such a big difference. Yeah. All the um, hormones and the the letdown. She said she's just noticed a huge difference. And then the nurse manager of NICU said that they've seen they've seen an increased rate in breastfeeding since they started using the cameras and just the bonding amazing. and like grandparents and COVID. So yeah, so Bloody super amazing. Yeah, that is what every NICU needs. And I just wanted to update everyone else because it's been a long, long time coming. And the nurse unit, like the nurse manager, she just looked at me and she goes, "Oh my god, I've been wanting to get you in here for so long to see this stuff." So. Yeah, super well proud. done. Yeah, and thank you to everyone that has donated and contributed to that because that is your doing. You're doing. I just ran a marathon, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, just a little marathon. <laughs> oh my god! I just stopped. What? I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to listen if the pump's going off. I just snorted. Oh, you s- see, I was. I wasn't listening. It was huge. Oh, god. Well, lucky I wasn't listening. Oh shit. All right, guys, that is all from us. That's enough of us chatting in your ears tonight, I think. I know. I feel like our episodes are getting longer and longer. We need to rein it in. Well, do we? Look at the difference in my moods from starting this. It shows how good it is for me. I'm like, I'm now therapy. Right. It's 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Maybe I'll go and have another wine. (laughs) Might as well. (sighs) All right. This is literally therapy. It is. I know we say it every time. But thank you for listening and for being invested in our journeys and supporting us and being our people as well because we get a lot of messages saying that we help you guys feel less alone well it goes both ways yeah you guys help us feel yeah definitely not so alone those complete strangers yeah yeah oh my gosh that's the other thing we're so close to 10,000 listens that's amazing so close I think it's like yeah 15 so by the time you hear this well by (laughs) the time you guys are hearing this it'll probably be there so yay thank you share like 
send it everyone's way, even the people that aren't in this world because, as I said earlier, I feel like we need to get in more people's ears too so that others can understand others this better. Can understand. So that, yeah, yep. because that's... So they know how to support us. There's a big gap there and yep. I feel like... If you can just get one person to listen to one of these episodes, it might they might go, oh, that's... Better understanding yeah. of what yeah. people are going through. Yeah. Yeah, that's just as important, I think. So, yeah, give us some loving on your pla- podcast. <laughs> give us some loving on your podcast platforms. Um, yeah. All right, guys, until next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.